Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. What's the one simple word that you do not see in verse 20 when he's talking about his gift strategy is going to be successful? No, that you don't see. You wish you see, but you don't see. Let me give you a hint. It has three letters. It's not and. <laughs> it's not the. That's it. That's it. Where's God? Where's God in his confidence? See? Instead of referencing God in verse 20 in his gift strategy, who does he reference four times? Himself. I will appease him. The present that goes before me, I will see his face. He will accept of me. See, what's so sadly missing from what Jacob is saying in verse 20 of these statements is that we don't read, God will appease him. You know, we don't read, God's going to bless the present that goes before me. You know, we don't read, God's going to make me to see his face. We don't read, God will make him accept of me. See, in verse 20, there's just no dependence or reliance on God. There's no reference to God. But what there is in verse 20 is Jacob depending and relying on himself. Now, keep that in mind that Jacob has done all the right things, especially in this wonderful prayer that he did in the verses 9 through 12. See, before Jacob started on his gift strategy, Jacob prayed in verses 9 through through 12. You see, it was good that Jacob prayed in verses 9 through 12 before he started his gift strategy. It was a good prayer. We called it out before in verses 9 through 12. It was complete with a specific calling on God, with a specific humiliation, humility before God, with a specific confession of his own weakness, with specific requests for what he wanted God to do, and most importantly, specific arguing or pleading the word of God in his prayer. It was a good prayer. It was a really good prayer. All that was very good, very, very good. I mean, just one problem with Jacob. I mean, again, Timing of the prayer, perfect, before he did anything, verses 9 through 12. Content of the prayer, perfect, before he did anything, verses 9 through 12. Just one problem, and it all comes to us in verse 20. Even though Jacob has prayed in verses 9 through through 12, Jacob, in verse 20, is not relying on God. Even though Jacob has prayed in verses 9 through 12, Jacob, in verse 20, is not depending on God. Jacob, in verse 20, says nothing about what God's going to accomplish. Jacob, in verse 20, says everything about what Jacob is going to accomplish. So what we're seeing here in these verses, 9 through 12 and 20, is the difference between praying uh, praying on the outside 
because I'm desperate, but on the inside, not really relying and depending on God. So what we're seeing in verses 9 through 12 and verse 20 is the difference between unbelieving prayer and believing prayer. Jacob has prayed beautifully, a model prayer. We could copy this prayer. This is a wonderful prayer. This is a perfect prayer. But he has no faith in his prayer. Jacob has asked, but he doesn't believe. You know, at the company right now, we're under attack with lawsuits from former employees. And I was telling John how the Lord gave me a promise about these lawsuits that you gave to Abraham in Genesis 15.1 when he said, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield. And then John says, now we have to really believe that. (laughs) That's the difference between believing prayer and unbelieving prayer. I mean, Jacob prayed, but it was not a believing prayer. Because believing prayer will always result in dependence and reliance on God. So, what happens when there's non-believing prayer? Well, that can be seen in the next verse, verse 21 through 22. So went the present over before him, himself lodged that night in the company, and he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants, his 11 sons, and passed over the ford Jabbok. Here's the words, verse 23. Himself lodged that night. Sorry, sorry verse 21. Himself lodged that night. Verse 22, he rose up that night. See, notice in verse 20 how it says, so went the present before him. That means his gift strategy, his present strategy was, it was launched, was underway. So what's the last thing that Jacob has to do? He's got all his bases covered. He prayed beautifully, verses 9 through 12. He devised his strategy, his gift strategy, verses 13 through 19. He launches his gift strategy, verse 21, with the word, so went the present over before him. He's done everything he needed to do. He prayed, he planned, he acted. But there was nothing left really for him to do but go to sleep, right? He's tired. Himself lodged that night. Nothing left for him to do but to go to sleep. And having prayed, planned, and acted, he should have been in a position like King David described in Psalm 4, 8. I will both lay me down in peace, and sleep, for the Lord only makes me dwell in safety. Having prayed, planned, and acted, he should have been in the position uh, King Solomon described in Proverbs 3.24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid, yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. But what happened? In verse 22, he rose up that night and took his two wives and two women's service lives and so forth. What happened? He couldn't sleep. Jacob can't sleep. Why can't Jacob sleep? He prayed, he planned, he acted. What's wrong? Verse 20 is wrong. He's prayed to God. He hasn't relied on God. He's prayed to God. He hasn't depended on God. Jacob has kept in mind, kept in his mind, has kept his mind on God during his prayer. But Jacob hasn't stayed his mind on God after his prayer with reliance and dependence on God. So he doesn't get the peace that's promised. The peace that's promised in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is held, stayed on God, or held on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. The issue here is trust. The issue here is dependence. The issue here is reliance on. Jacob can't sleep 
because Jacob doesn't have perfect peace. Jacob doesn't have perfect peace because Jacob has not stayed or held his mind on God. Jacob is not staying his mind on God because Jacob is not trusting in God. Jacob prayed. Jacob can't sleep. Jacob doesn't have peace. Prayed, can't sleep. Not trusting in God. This is exactly what happens to us. We can take what we just said here about Jacob, plug our name in. We can do that. We have a tremendous problem. Like Jacob, we pray. Timing of our prayer, perfect before we do anything else. Content of our prayer, flawless. But then we can't sleep because we don't have perfect peace. We don't have perfect peace because we haven't stayed or held our mind on God. We haven't stayed our wandering mind on God because we're not really trusting in God. We prayed. Others have prayed also with us. Well, we can't sleep because we don't have peace. We prayed. We can't sleep because we're not really trusting in God. We know that Jacob is not trusting in God because in verse 20, Jacob is not talking about God. He doesn't talk about him all. He's only talking about himself. And he's got that one word, Jerry, that you brought up, peradventure. He's kind of filled with the maybes. It's not really faith in God. Faith in God is not peradventure and maybes. So Jacob, in his beautiful prayer, has taken the same position of the father of the sick child in Mark 9, 17, where we read this history. One of the multitude answered and said to the Lord Jesus, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnasheth with his teeth, he pineth away, and I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out. They could not. He answereth and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground, wallowed foaming. He asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? He said of a child, Oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire, into the waters, and destroy him. If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Straightway the father of the child cried out with said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw the people come and running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, enter no more into him. The spirit cried, rent him sore, came out of him. He was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. A desperate father who did the right thing in bringing his son to the Lord Jesus but when the desperate father said, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us, that's unbelief. And it was not like he didn't come. He came. But it was like non-believing coming. It was prayer without faith. It wasn't total reliance on God. It wasn't dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Jacob in verse 20. The Lord Jesus Christ corrects the father with the words, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So Jacob, he can't sleep because his soul is stirred up inside of him. And he craves for peace. He's restless. This is similar to a person who prays the prayer of salvation but doesn't have any peace. The gospel has been understood. Salvation has been prayed for, but there's no peace. There's fear. There's restlessness. Why? Still a verse 20 problem. Still a verse 20 self-reliance. Still a verse 20, self-dependence. A failure to commit all to God and trust in God for a good outcome. What needs to be done? Strive against self. 
tell the problem to the Lord Jesus as the Father did when he said, he said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Commit self to the Lord Jesus, not once, not twice, continuously. Now, we read what Jacob did when he couldn't sleep in verse 22. And he rose up that night, took his two sons, his two women servants, his 11 sons, passed them over the Ford Jabuk. Jacob has come to a place here where the river, which is, it's wide and it's, it, there's a lot of water, it could be passed over at this special place. Actually, in this place, the water is actually treacherous because it falls off the mountains, it comes down pretty strong. And so this is a place called Ford Jabuk, where it can be passed. You know, the Bible doesn't waste words. And the word Jabek or Yabok means a gushing forward or, a, uh, making, or it means also a, making a strong gurgling noise like a swift river. Actually, the Hebrew word for wrestle is Abok. And that word is derived from the same root as this name of this Ford, Yabok. Jabek, Jabek is a Yabok. So when it says in verse 22, his wives, his two women, chose 11 sons and passed over the Ford, Jabek, it's painting for us a symbolic picture. See, just as the river was impossible to cross except in this place, which has the, the meaning of wrestle in its name, so it's impossible for Jacob to be helped by God unless he went through this wrestling with this man who's, who's going to appear. Like the Lord Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except through this ford, except through this crossing place, which is me except by me. Now, Jacob can't sleep. He knows what's going on inside of him. He's stirred. His soul is stirred. He knows what he's got to do. He knows what he must do. And he knows what he must do is make this the time to get his family away from him. This is no time to get his family all around him to talk his problems through. When we go through this no peace after prayer, we know it's no time for us to get other people around us. It's no time for us to reach for the phone to talk to someone else. It's no time to turn on the TV and get ourselves distracted from our problems. It's no time to crank up the music and get ourselves lost in music. There's no time to travel to a vacation spot to get distracted. With the stir in our soul, we know we have to do exactly what Jacob did. With the stir in our soul, Jacob knows what he must do. Jacob knows he must seek God alone and be alone with God. So at the end of verse 23, when it says he sent over all that he had, it means that Jacob sent over his family, all the people, everyone, and everything that he had over the river so he can seek God alone and be alone with God. He stays back to seek God alone and be alone with with God to pray. And just like Jacob, we need to do the same when our soul is stirred and we can't sleep. This is the time we need to seek God alone and be with God alone to pray. But Jacob's already prayed. He already prayed. So why does he need to pray again? Because the first time Jacob prayed, he didn't prevail in prayer. There is something called prevailing in prayer. See, the first time Jacob prayed, Jacob did not prevail to abandon self-reliance, to abandon self-dependence, and to embrace God and rely on God and depend on God. And there are times when we pray and we still have no peace and we can't sleep 
That's because we haven't prevailed in prayer. We haven't prevailed to abandon self-reliance, self-dependence. We haven't prevailed to embrace God and rely and depend on God. Therefore, these verses are written in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Well, why do I have to keep praying the same thing over and over again? Haven't prevailed. Well, why does Jacob have to pray again? Hasn't prevailed. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Luke 18.1, Luke 18.1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end. He spake a parable unto them to this end. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. In other words, don't give up. Prevailing prayer is not easy. Prevailing prayer is a fight. It's easy to pray without prevailing. Prevailing prey is a struggle. Prevailing prey is a fight. Prevailing prayer is a wrestle. And that's what we see here. Prevailing prayer takes extra push beyond just saying the right things in prayer. You know, when I think about this extra push, you know, in prevailing prayer, I remember what happened in the 1970s when we taught our boys uh, at homeschool and we had social studies in the homeschool. And so we had an American, American, <laughs> we had an American, all the people working for us were American. But anyways, we had an American working for us and his name was Steve Mello. But he had lived and worked in Japan. So we asked him to come in the house and to talk to our boys about his impressions about living in Japan, and particularly different foods in Japan. What impressed you, Steve, about the foods in Japan that's different? So our boys could learn about this, social studies. So he told the story about a particular food in Japan that really impressed him. I've never forgot it. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like almost 40 years. I never forgot it. It's an illustration of what it means to push in prayer, what it means to prevail in prayer. He told us that he was impressed with one soup in Japan, which has square chunks of tofu in it. And in the tofu are little fish called doja. And so he explained how the little doja fish got punched into the tofu. Okay? He says that live doja fish are placed in this cold broth with the cool pieces of tofu. Then the cold soup is heated up over the fire, and as the fire increases in the broth, the fish get desperate, looking for a cool place of refuge, which is the tofu, so they dart themselves into the tofu. You know about that. <laughs> so uh, the doja fish, doja fish, they illustrate prevailing prayer. Jacob is like the doja fish. Esau is approaching. That's the fire getting hotter. <laughs> and the heat is increasing for Jacob. And so he darts himself into the refuge of God, where he clings to God for a blessing. That's what's necessary in prevailing prayer. You know, God spoke about that in Isaiah 64.7, Isaiah 64.7, when God said, there's none that calleth upon thy name. There's none that calleth upon thy name. Isaiah said this. There's none that calleth upon thy name and stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. You know, act like the doja fish <laughs> to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid us, hid thy face from us, has consumed us because of our iniquities. See, that's what we're going to see here in Jacob. He's going to do in this chapter. He's prayed, but it's not enough. He's returned in prayer. Now he's going to dart himself into God when he throws his arms around God and says, I will not let thee go unless thou bless me. Verse 26, you can almost hear the doja fish saying, I will not leave until you cool me off. <laughs> so Jacob, doja fish, darting himself into God for relief. At the end of verse 23, 
when it says he sent over that he had, that's a very significant statement. Because it shows that Jacob has prepared himself to seek God alone. Jacob has separated himself from everyone on earth so that Jacob can seek God alone. Jacob has separated himself from all his possessions, everything on earth, so that Jacob can seek God alone. Now, we come to the most, one of the most amazing verses in all the Bible. It's stated so very clearly. It's stated so very simply, but it's absolutely astounding. In verse 24, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled the man with him until the breaking of the day. Okay, looking at verse 24, what are the three statements that are made? What three things do we learn? Information. Information, information, information. First one, he's left alone. Second one, there was a man wrestling with them. Third one, it lasted all night until dawn. So the first statement in verse 24 was that Jacob was left alone. See, at the end of verse 23, we learn that Jacob sent everyone and, and everything over the river Jabek, and so he's left alone. That's how verse 24 starts. Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left alone. Now picture how you would expect this verse would read. You would expect this verse to read something like this. And Jacob was left alone, and there came a man who wrestled with Jacob. That's not what it says. That's not what the verse says. The verse doesn't start with Jacob being alone and then tell us that this man came and found Jacob alone and started wrestling with him. When you look at this verse 24, just remove the words and there and read it now. Verse 24, and Jacob was left alone, a man with him. What? <laughs> what do you mean he was left alone, a man with him? That's like, my, that's like me saying, and Irene was alone and Jean was with Irene. <laughs> so, okay. So what does that mean if Jean is with Irene, Irene's not alone? And you can't see that. You know, you just can't see that. You know, Irene was alone and Jean was with Irene. But that's how verse 24 is reading. And Jacob was left alone and a man with him. How could Jacob be alone and a man be with him? That's the point. That's the point that's brought out in verse 24. It appeared as though Jacob was left alone, but Jacob was not left alone. It appears to us that we are left alone, but we're never alone. We're not alone. As the Lord Jesus told us in Matthew 28, 20, when he said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even unto the end of the world. So what the Lord Jesus meant by these words was further explained in Hebrews 13.5. Hebrews 13.5, he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Before his coming into the world as a man, his name was given. His name was given with a clear explanation of why we would never be alone. Because it says in Matthew 1.23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, quoting from Isaiah 7.14. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. See, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst.
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13.5 point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.